Hello everyone, this is Kurt, and I wanted to take a quick second before the episode began to put a general disclaimer. There are some darker subject matters that are brought up. In passing only, miscarriage, they include abortion, they include adultery, they include lust. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 9 The Pantheon of Humanity. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and welcome to the Levitating Platter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another in-between-week episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. I did turn to you, the audience, and I asked, what should we discuss this week? And after I tallied all the votes, winning by one, it's another instance of homebrew lore slash NPC. And I know last time we discussed the creation story of Harmony, the Cordum, the Caesarea, the Conticum, and to kind of help contextualize it a little more, let's go ahead and dive a little deeper into the pantheon of the deities uh, that the mortals worship. And this week we can focus specifically on the human deities. They are an entire family. Uh, they are all interconnected together. So there's brothers, Amathon and Falks. Then there are twin sisters, Marsa and Kaya. Amathon and and Mars's children, Eucleo and Opsia, Kaya and her husband Surus have one daughter, Axia, and so that comprises the entirety of the human deities. Of course, I mentioned last time that I was influenced by the Dawnwar Pantheon from the fourth edition of Dungeons and Dragons, so that was a good springboard for me uh, to be able to develop not only the human deities, but all of the other deities that the other ancestries claim patronage to, and just other deities that exist that don't have a particular ancestry of mortals uh, that worship them. So without any further ado, let's dive into the Pantheon of Humanity. Amathon, god of agriculture, dawn, and hope. His alignment is lawful good, and he resides in the Kantu Korob. His titles include Lord of Light and Sightbringer. His symbol is an eye radiating light. Again, he is the husband of Marsa, he is the father to Eucleo and Opsia, and he is the brother to Falks. Amethon is regarded as a leader among the human deities. He and his brother Falks were born forth from the sunlight that shone at Cordum from the Satur. 
The first task the Sator gave the brothers was to tend to the Garden of Serenity, the place where all of the human deities lived, originally. Amethon cared for the garden during the day, and Falks during the night. Once the twins were born from the mother tree, the Sator decreed that Amethon would be the husband of Marsa. Because of the radiating beauty and fruitfulness of his wife, Amethon became the most beautiful of the male gods after he wed his wife. Together with his wife Marsa, they bore two children, Eucleo and Opsia, who would seek to add more dimensions to their creation, the human race, and later during the Caesarea, the creation of the Asimar. When the Caesarea occurred, Amethon, his brother-in-law Surus, and Eucleo, his son, all went to battle the newly emerging dark gods. During this time is when Kaya was seduced by Falks, and Kaya nearly slain Amethon's daughter Opsia to gain her new powers. After returning from battle to find Opsia recovering from her mortal wounds, he helped escort her to Kantu Umbra at the behest of his daughter and the blessing of the Sator. He continues to lead the remaining deities of his family in the right praise of the Sator, and his hope is to one day have his daughter Opsia return to Korum. Marsa, the goddess of love, mercy, and fertility. Her alignment is chaotic good, and she resides in Kantun Korum. Her titles are the Veiled Mother and the Glowing Pearl. Her symbol is a jeweled crown with a veil and a prominent pearl featured on the crown. Her relationships are that she is the wife of Amethon, she is the mother to Eucleo and Opsia, and she is the twin sister of Kaya. Marsha is regarded as the senior-most woman among the human deities. She and her twin sister were born from the mother tree in the Garden of Serenity, the first flowering, fruit-bearing tree, which was nurtured by Amethon and Falks. For his dutiful caring of the mother tree during the day, the Sator decreed that Amethon and Marsha should be married. Because of the care and devotion that Amethon poured into the mother tree, Marsa radiates and overflows with beauty and fecundity. Marsa and Amethon gave birth to their beautiful children, Euclid and Opsia, as well as the human race and later the Asimar during the Caesarea to help turn the tide of war. She appears to be perpetually pregnant, full of the love and abundance that she brings forth. She wears an ornate lace veil, mantilla-like in appearance, with her pearl-adorned crown that is worn as it was worn on her wedding day, covering her face to help maintain the dignity, honor, and respect that she commands over her domains. They say a great blessing of Marsa is to have seen her unveiled and smiling at the moment of your death, so as to help preserve your body after death and leave you with an incorruptible appearance. She works to maintain the peace and stability among her family and supports her husband, Amethon. She wept for both her daughter and for her sister at being unable to help either one during the Caesarea. Eucleo. He is the god of knowledge, exploration, and arcana. His alignment is neutral good, and he resides in Kantukorum. His titles are the Vigilant Seeker, the Patient Fire. His symbol is a golden compass rose. Eucleo is the husband of Axia. He is the son of Amethon and Marsa. He is the brother of Opsia. Eucleo is the oldest child of Amethon and Marsa, and he was tasked to explore harmony and to begin where the humans they had created lived in Kantu Vita. He began to chart the courses of the stars, waterways, hills, mountains, and all the natural splendor. He kept numerous maps, charts, and books in order to record these findings. He taught humans how to read and write in the ancient human tongue, Canare. It was after the Caesarea that humans began to form their own distinct cultures and languages and fracturing the divine unity that they used to have. 
Any notion of profanity or blasphemies do not exist in old canare and are purely inventions of humanity and their peculiar languages. So to mechanically explain common in my setting, it is the most popular post-Cesara dialect of canare that has blending from other languages and cultures. It is still possible for humans to only know specific dialects like Teorian versus Erdin versus Cartosian, which we can get into more in a later week's episode. Eucleo showed humans how to navigate the world and the contours beyond. He also explained magic to the first human wizards, allowing them to view his tomes on Arcana. The Order of Words claims their origin from the first of their order, meeting the god Eucleo and transcribing what he learned into the first spellbook. Many other goddesses admired Eucleo's handsome appearance, and some sought to win his favor, such as Monena, goddess of nature, but he was too focused on his task to notice them. While he was out exploring, it was in the Contu Vita that he spotted Axia, now mature and an adult, and fell in love with her. She was smart and beautiful, and helped to slay a giant dire boar from ruining an old farmer's crops, as he prayed at a shrine for Amethon. The story goes that by spending time together combining their skills of engineering and knowledge, they were able to show the old man and his children how to better manage their farm and to grow bountiful crops from the devotion they showed to Amethon. They were able to set aside their childhood animosities and misunderstandings, and the two gods, Eucleo and Axia, fell in love with one another. They were joined in union in the Contu Vita, their marriage blessed by the presence of Amethon, Marsa, Surus, and Kaya, atop the highest mountain, where the heavens meet the earth. When the Caesar occurred, he left his wife Axia to go aid his father and father-in-law, Surus, against the forces of evil. While all the women together held the home front, the treachery of his uncle, Fox, the seduction of his aunt Kaya, and the near death of his sister Opsia caused him to fall into a deep grief and unable to fight alongside the remainder of the Caesar. He returned home to Axia to find his comfort and strength again. Because Eucleo is a skilled traveler, he and Axia will sometimes travel to Kantu Umbra to check in on his sister Opsia to see how she's doing and to be able to hopefully escort her back home when she decides to return to Corum. Axia goddess of invention, engineering, and the hunt. Her alignment is chaotic good, and she resides in Contucorum. Her title is Lady of the Hunt, Brilliance Sparker. Her symbol is a half-circle, or a bridge, with an arrow pointing up to the right. She is the wife of Eucleo, and she is the daughter of Surus and Kaya. The only child of Surus and Kaya, her mother was very practical with her growing up, and her father, Surus, doted upon her. While her father worked to maintain the borders of the Gardens of Serenity prior to the Caesarea, it was Falks, her uncle, who imparted his intelligence and knowledge to the young goddess who would learn to take those ideas and creatively figure out how to construct an aqueduct to bring water to the garden, developing farming and ranching implements, how to shoe horses, and how to become the perfect hunter. When she outgrew her childhood, she had mastered the longbow and had created the crossbow. She was quick to teach humans how to honor and hunt for food, while her uncle Amethon taught them how to properly raise crops. Her uncle Falks originally taught animal husbandry. Her father Surus encouraged her pursuits while her mother Kaya cautioned her, fearing that she was becoming too much like Falks, who she loved, but she could not reciprocate for the sake of duty. Hearing the cries of humanity, she journeyed to Kantu Vita to help a community that was plagued by a gigantic dire boar who was ruining their fields. It was during this hunt that she was reunited with Eucleo, who was traveling through the area. They ended up combining their strengths to take down the boar and to educate the humans on how to better manage their fields. 
It was also the first time that Euclid and Axia were able to see each other as equals and fall in love. Their wedding took place atop the highest mountain in Contuvita and was attended by their parents. During the Caesar, the men all left to go fight at the behest of the Satur against the forces of evil. Axia volunteered to go as well, but the Satur bade that she and Opsia were the most capable fighters to defend the Garden of Serenity. It was during this time when the treachery of her uncle Fox was revealed to the rest of the gods, and her mother became corrupted and attacked Opsia. Axia felt a piercing pain in her heart, knowing how devastated her husband Euclid was for his sister, and also for the newborn life that was suddenly miscarried upon the shock of discovering the horrific transformation of her mother. Euclid returned from battle, and the two gods took comfort in each other to repair their bond. She journeys occasionally with her husband Euclid to Kantu Umbra to visit Opsia, to check in on her and see if she's wishing to return to Korra. Opsia, goddess of justice, death, and sorrow. Her alignment is true neutral, and she resides in Kanto Umbra. Her titles are the Pallid Judge and the Weeping Daughter. Her symbol is a death's head hawk moth. She is a daughter of Amethon and Marsa. She is the sister of Eucleo, and she is the wife of Gok. Originally a goddess of strength, art, and smithing, she, the beautiful daughter, the second-born of Amethon and Marsa. She was very athletically gifted as a child and could often be found at play and partaking in feats of strength with her uncle Surus or helping Axia complete the building of one of her projects. While she excelled in the areas of physical prowess, she was also gifted in the ways of art and smithing, helping to formulate the horseshoes that Axia created or building the weapons and armors for the gods and goddesses. It was said her song was the most beautiful among the human deities, as it was the youngest and most pure. As she grew up, she began to teach humans in the way of artistry and in smithing. She remained in the Garden of Serenity when the Caesarea broke out, as she was needed to help defend it and to fashion the weapons necessary to repel the dissonant. After she had spent a hard day of work in the forge, she laid down to sleep. She did not yet know the treachery of her uncle Falks and the corruption and transformation of her Aunt Kaya. During the middle of the night, Opsia was mortally wounded by her Aunt Kaya when she started to drink her blood and nearly killed her and drained much of her former powers. Her former size, stature, musculature, and powers began to fade, turning her from a tall, tan, muscular form into a pale, emaciated, shrunken, and frail reflection of her former self. After Kaya retreated, she was found and given life-saving treatment by her mother, Marsa, who outpoured her abundant love and mercy to help heal and close the wounds left by Kaya, to at least return her to a more willowy figure. Because of the trauma she suffered, her voice has all but been destroyed, as she no longer sings with purity, but she sings in a sorrowful and hollow sound. This attack on Alpsia was the final act that drove both Kaya and Falks from the Garden of Serenity into the circles of hell. Since her brother and family were unable to save her, with the blessing of the thought tour, she chose to exile herself, and she now resides in Kantu Umbra and acts as a judge for souls before they ultimately journey to either Anima or the Circles of Hell. She's visited by her brother Euclid and Axia as they check in on her and question when she will return to Corum. She secretly knows and withholds from her family that she is duty-bound by the Satur to serve the remainder of her days here, for she is the counterbalance to the otherwise corrupting influences that seek to further their reaches and their grasp of power from the circles of hell and the black pit. Over time, she married the god of death, Gulk, who oversaw the balance of Kantu Umbra once the Caesarea broke out. Together in their duties, between managing the domain of death for all the various races 
and ancestries, they seek to honor the Sator by maintaining this balance. Surus, god of battle, nobility, and law. His alignment is lawful good, and he resides in the Kantu Korum. His titles are the Regal Sword and the Iron Peacemaker. His symbol is a sword against an unfurled scroll. He is the father of Axia, and he is the husband of Kaia. While Amethon and Falx were both born from the sunlight of the Satur, Surus was born from the soil that nurtured the mother tree. He would tend to the roots of the mother tree, bringing her water, and learn from the wisdom of the Satur and the order of law. On the night before the twins were born from the fruit of the mother tree, the Sator had Surus rise from underneath the roots of the mother tree to take his place before the tree at dawn's first light and the birth of the twins. For his dutiful studies on law and caring for the mother tree beneath the ground, the Sator decreed that he would become the husband of Kaya. While he did not know the love that Kaya fostered for Falks, he showered his new bride with all of his love and affection. He doted upon his daughter with Kaya, teaching her nobility and law, and how her creative spirit should be tempered to not run rampant at the cost of innocence. His job was to act as the lieutenant and field commander for the forces of the Garden of Serenity, while the chief god Amethon was the captain and commander. Surus took the creations of Opsia and Axia to impress upon the rulers of humankind how to properly engage in making war if it ever came to it. He trained the first kings in how they should act in regards to their subjects and how they should exercise the practice of law and nobility. When the Caesar occurred, he strode into battle alongside Amethon and Eucleo. He was unaware of the treachery of Falks and the affair that his wife willingly consented and engaged in. Despite his complete devotion and faithfulness and his spirit of generosity and forgiveness, he truly felt sorrow and anger upon learning the truth. He recklessly charged into battle, and in his grief was badly wounded as a blade of the dissonant pierced his side. He was able to heal himself and decapitate the dissonant god who struck him. He returned from the Caesarea, never fully healed, bearing a massive scar, and he feels the pain from that wound on the anniversary of the day he discovered his wife's infidelity and the betrayal of Falks. He seeks the counsel of Marsa and Amethon to help him temper his righteous anger and grief, who helps support him in Axia, and Suru seeks to continue to be a father for his daughter Axia. Kaya, goddess of anger, wrath, and blood. She is one of the dissonant, the corrupted gods. Her alignment is chaotic evil, and she resides in Uru, the fifth circle of hell, the circle of wrath. Her titles are the Red Mistress and the Unfaithful Bride. Her symbol is a broken red circle. She is the mother of Axia, she is the wife of Surus, she is the twin sister of Marsa, and now she is the mistress of Falks. Originally, Kaya complimented her sister Marsa with aspects of weather, charity, and medicine. While not as beautiful as her sister, she was still viewed highly and praised. While she was strongly attracted to Falks, as she saw him tend the Garden of Serenity in the night, she remained a dutiful wife of Surus, bearing a daughter, Axia. She worked alongside her sister to help maintain the peace and stability while the men went to fight during the Caesarea. However, she began to listen to darkness and chaos and grew jealous of her sister. Believing Falks to be off fighting, she was surprised one night after Falks appeared in her bedroom, naked and made extremely attractive by spying on Marsa while she bathed. Falks then seduced her, promising to make her a more fertile and wonderful goddess than her sister, and they committed adultery. 
she began an affair with Falks. The pair devised a plan on how Kaya could overtake Marsa and her abilities. She grew elaborate fangs and claws. She was transformed by the act of committing adultery and snuck up on her niece, Opsia, while she slept and attacked her in the middle of the night. She began to bathe in and drink in Opsia's blood to drain her life force, her beauty, her powers of strength, in order to swell in size and virility to rival her sister in a twisted, dark reflection. Overwhelmed and consumed by her newfound powers, she abandoned her quarry, leaving her niece nearly dead, and she returned to Falks. Because of their acts, the Sator cast them to the deepest pits of hell, and they began to aggressively procreate. It is said that during the course of the Caesarea, they are said to have sired and birthed the tiefling race, vampires, hags, a great number of demons and devils, and numerous monstrous species. She continues to birth new creatures, though not as frequently as she once did. Her strength and zeal have not waned to do so. She encourages weak or unwanted offspring to be sacrificed to her in order to give her more power. And finally, Falks, the god of treachery, lies, adultery, lust, the night, and pride. He is one of the dissonant, a corrupted god. His alignment is lawful evil, and he resides in Predizione, the ninth circle, the circle of treachery. His titles are the Fallen Star and the Horned Brother. His symbol is a torch with a burning seven-point black star. He is the lover of Kaya, and he is the brother of Amethon. Originally, he was a god of animal husbandry, horticulture, hunting, gathering, and engineering intelligence. He and his brother were born forth from the sunlight that shone at Cordum from the Sator. The first task the Sator gave the brothers was to tend the Garden of Serenity, Amethon during the day, and Falks during the night. While Amethon was zealous in caring for the mother tree during the day, it fell to Falks to care for the other needs of the garden and sustenance. His intelligence and care for the garden during the night, despite being exhausted, was noticed by Kaya as she grew to love him. Once the twins were born from the mother tree, the Sator decreed that Amethon would be the husband of Marsa, and Kaya would be wed to the god Surus, who lived under the mother tree, caring for it and taking counsel with the Sator. Feeling the strains of love unfulfilled, Falks obeyed the Sator and began to distance himself from Kaya. Once Axia was born, it is said that he taught the young goddess Axia all he knew on engineering and how to hunt properly. When the Caesarea first occurred, Falks hid from battle and hid his true intentions, having already given his heart to darkness and chaos, believing himself to be more important than his brother and the will of the Sator. While his brother was away, he waited until one night to spy upon Marsa while she was bathing, hoping to either kill or corrupt her. Because he witnessed Marsa Falks to be overcome with feelings of awe and physical desire, and found himself to be made extremely attractive because of the radiating beauty and powers of Marsa. However, unlike his brother, this was disordered and gave rise to lust. Fearing he would be noticed, he left his hiding spot and spied Kaya, alone in her bedchambers and struggling with feelings of jealousy against her twin sister. Given his newfound beauty, he revealed himself and promised to make Kaya more fertile and better than her sister Marsa. Falks seduced and committed adultery with Kaya. The act of committing adultery caused Falks to sprout enormous bull horns from his head, his feet changed to become more cloven, and he sprouted a bull's tail. Falks and Kaya plotted the attack on Opsia, so Kaya could gain her powers to make her a greater fertility goddess than her twin sister Marsa. After the attack on Opsia, the Sator cast Falks and Kaya to the deepest pits of hell, where they began to breed without rest. 
He sired many demons, devils, and monsters, and is responsible for tieflings, vampires, and hags. His powers of lust continue to make him a sire of many evil creatures, and he keeps Kaya placated with all the pleasure she wants to keep her wrath at bay. As a note of inclusion, in my setting, and probably in regular Dungeons & Dragons, since tieflings are considered to be humans who had their ancient bloodline corrupted with devilish intentions, and Asimar were humans who were influenced by an angelic touch, uh, the only real difference between tieflings and uh, Asimar in my setting is that they only first appeared at the Caesarea when the Great Conflict happened. So tieflings were the earliest humans at the Caesarea who were born and corrupted by Kaya and Falks to become more devil-like as their makers. Tieflings can worship the evil human gods, but they can also turn to other devils and demons that have been created as their benefactors. Tieflings who rebel against their heritage can worship other gods and goddesses, of course. Likewise, Asimar are a race that were created at the Caesarea from Amethon and Marsa to help in the fight against the forces of darkness. Asimar worshipped the good and neutral human gods, but have been known to pay homage to other deities. Asimars who rebel against their heritage become fallen and give in to the more sinful tendencies of their humanity. So there you go. That is a complete uh, breakdown and explanation. I hope that it was informative and kind of gave you an insight into how I started with making a pantheon for my homebrew. Like I said, once I started thinking more on it and thinking of the story of the interplay of the relationships between all the different figures, it kind of helped formulate this organic story that originally the human deities resided in the Garden of Serenity, that they were to care for it, that they were to grow and nurture and foster these virtues and these folkways and these gifts and abilities uh, that humans are naturally good at. Then once the conflict broke out, kind of like original Sin, you know, Falks and Kaya both were rebelling against their divine purpose. And they committed to some truly heinous evil. And that is the explanation for how so much was able to go so wrong. And I worked really hard to make sure that it wasn't uh, just a, oh, I need this to happen so this could explain that. I really tried to think of a good and intricate story uh, that most humans uh, in my homebrew world, if you talk to a human who is actively worshipping one of the gods, they would know some facet of this greater story that played out and that took place. And certainly, if you were to explore ancient temples in my game, if you were to find ancient uh, imagery, coinage, etc. of Falks and Kaya, you could potentially see them uh, reflecting their pure natures before the fall. And certainly to find any of those kind of artifacts certainly would be a great archaeological find uh, for preservation for sure. So if you have any more questions about the human deities, I'm happy to answer them in another episode, depending on if that's what you want to hear about. Otherwise, I hope that you had a great week and looking forward to the next guest interview. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, https colon forward slash forward slash 
sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the podcast. To stay up to date and share your fan creations, you can like and follow the podcast on social media by searching for at Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is also on Reddit, so join our subreddit community at r slash podcast to share your art, stories, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests, all one word, at gmail.com. I ask that you please leave an honest review on iTunes to help spread the word about the show. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Psychics and